To the cast that keeps you up to date on the MTG metagame. We're your hosts, Zach Allen and Harlan Fear. And this week, or last weekend, I guess, I played in the Arena Open. Bunch of standard happening there. So we're going to get into that. But before we talk those, uh, Harlan, how you been, man? Been good. Uh, recently got back to working. And I got to say, it is as abrupt of a change as working full-time to nothing to do was going from nothing to do for a long time to working again is a bigger change. <laughs> Finding fair. out yeah, scheduling fair. things is a little bit tougher, uh, tired again all the time, but here we are recording for the wonderful people at home and I'm ready to talk about some magic. How about you? What have you been up to? Well, we played the arena open. Uh, I've been playing commander, getting ready for commander legends, which is, Wild, but I'm excited. Uh, I, I just got to throw this out there. I had a sweet game last night. Uh, I, I played a commander game with some friends. We got together. Four people got together. First time I've like seen people to play Paper Magic in two months or something. And one of my friends would not tell us his commander. He said he built a new deck and he wanted to surprise us. So he literally uh, shows up with a commander, pulls it out, flips it over, and then just starts the game. And turn one, he just plays a swamp and says go. Turn two, he plays another swamp and says go. Turn three, he, <laughs> he gets up and turns on X gonna give it to you by DMX. And then Dark Rituals out a Yargle. <laughs> We're all just dying. <laughs> it was his commander. <laughs> this one, oh man. Well, just sitting there. It was, it was one of the funniest things I've ever seen play Magic. So. And to throw that out there, but uh, let's <laughs> let's get into let's get into the standard arena open because that's uh, that's what the people are actually here for, not the dark ritualing art yargle situation. I don't I don't know. I think people would rather be here for dark ritualing out yargle, but let's talk standard anyway. Fair enough. So arena open last weekend, uh, I was pretty high on blue white. Everyone was telling me I was crazy. Everyone was telling me I was wrong. I might have been wrong. I, I, I don't think my results were like particularly conclusive. Uh, I did 4-0 day one. So playing best of three. So I made it into day two. Uh, day two, I started 4-0 again uh, and was on track to get the, the seven wins. But then wheels kind of came off. Uh, I had a pretty unfortunate game against Red Black with a mulligan into them hitting like exactly turn three Timurek calls a dead into like, exactly bring back turn four Kroxa. Um, and there was another one where it, they just like had the discard spell at the exact time for a verdict that would have won me the girl. Well, I guess Shadow the Sky would have won me a game. Kind of falls off. Then I play against Gruel and lost a good matchup where they just, you know, they just had like the, the perfect Gruel draw. Uh, two games in a row and one of them I mulligan. So it's tough. I, I, I think... Uh, I think Blue White Yorion was actually well positioned. I think if you made some changes to the deck, it was good. Um, I don't think my list was perfect. I think I still had work to do, and I kind of 
just got into it a little bit early, but I, I don't feel like I was as far off as a lot of people think. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I always love the, all right, yeah, I have a great matchup against the best deck in the format. Damn, I ki- kind of hit my little bit of a fail rate here, and their deck still does their thing, and that's why they're the best deck in the format, and they beat me anyway. I, I mean, uh, I went... I went four and one against it in the event. It was just unfortunate that it. No, didn't I'm. Be there. I'm. I'm not like trying to knock that against you. I'm very used to it myself because I'm very much a play a good deck that beats the best deck kind of guy. And sure. it's always the Achilles heel is the people who are like, oh well, you lost to that deck. That's what knocked you out. Like obviously your deck sucked. Yeah. Like you, it's the best deck in the format. You can't beat it every time you play against it. You can't beat any deck every time you play against it. I mean that is a hundred percent true. I will say, after like getting in a bunch of games against Gruel, I feel like there's some cards that are really good against that deck that just aren't seeing as much play as they should be. I'll put it that way, because I, I don't know, like for example, I kind of came to it late, but I put Giant Killers in my sideboard. I had three Giant Killers. Giant Killer was unbelievable for me. It was like one of the best cards in my deck, and every time I played against Gruel, I got to board it in, and that card just did so, so much work. Their deck is so predicated around having a big powered thing in play. Like their deck just doesn't work. And even even when they like don't have the four power thing, it's pretty likely that the I think it's Brushfire Elemental, the two drop landfall guy, or because I knew Mammoth become four power and you can get one of them there. But then even past that, they have a lot of random one ones that just like are in play. So a one two blocker is like not the worst. You know, it's it's fine. Like it stops some of their things. And being able to tap, like, essentially means if you can survive the first hit from an Ember Cleave, then Ember Cleave can never hit you again. Unless they, you know, they have to draw another one. They can't just, like, re-equip. Like, it, if it, like you know, if you set it up where it's like, okay, they, they flash in their Ember Cleave, all right, in response, kill the thing it's on, now play my Giant Killer. If you equipped anything, I can just tap it. I mean, that came up for me multiple times. It was really good. And I was... uh really really impressed with giant killer and i feel like there's a lot of decks in this format that could be playing it and aren't and i you know wonder if that might be a mistake it's possible i think giant killer is one of the better cyborg cards people have access to right now against specifically gruel it's also not unplayable against red black right out of certain decks yeah yeah. Um, yeah. I think Giant Killer is definitely a card slept on. Um, were there any others? It sounded like you had kind of a list here. Well, I mean, Giant Killer was was the big, I guess, revelation for the deck. The rest of it was just everything you would expect. I mean, it was you know counter spells, wraths. I will say, uh, Realm Cloak Giant was also really impressive. Um, you know, I, I said you had you if you survived that first Embercleave hit. It's not very easy to survive the first Embercleave hit. You usually just die to it, right? But a 7-7 seven, seven Vigilance is like a way to survive the first Embercleave hit. You're, it's still going to die. Like, you're going to, what, what's going to happen is you're going to block the thing, they're going to Embercleave it. It's going to trade, it's actually going to trade, which is nice, as opposed to just getting killed in the first strike damage. And then you're going to take like three to five damage or something afterwards. But that's like actually a reasonable amount of damage. It's not like you're taking 16 like Embercleave normally does. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Although if Embercleave is dealing 16 damage to you, the Realm Cluck is a chump, right? Oh, that's true. But, I mean, you know what I mean. You're going to, you yeah, you're in trouble. Yeah, no, um, I know exactly what you mean. It's it's great for me in the direction it is, and it's really bad for me in the direction that it would be bad normally, you know? Yep. 
So I, I still feel like Blue White's good. I, I think there could be some tuning. I I think I overestimated my Rakdos matchup in my testing. Um, I was winning. I won almost all my games against it. But I think I drew a little better in testing than is the average. And I feel like I should have had something in the sideboard, be it like a Soul Guide Lantern or Tormod Script or, or something else. Um, and I feel like I was just like one or two cards away from like easily defeating them. Uh, which is frustrating because I, you know, I feel like I could have gotten there, but it is what it is. I, I will say Maze Mind's Tome. I, I was on this like thirst for meaning plan earlier. Uh, Maze Mind Tome is just a must play in any blue Yorion deck. I think that card's unbelievable. Uh, just multiple times you just get up to three counters, play Yorion, blink it, then draw four cards later. It's just so strong. Um, and it wasn't uncommon either. That, like you play it the first time and you just get, it was just three scries, like a scry every turn. And it's got three counters on it. And then you blink it with Yorion and later it's a draw four. It's just, it's just so good. Uh, so that's, that's where we're at with blue white. I think it's worth working on still. I think. So what we need to start talking about in standard here is that we're approaching an equilibrium state. There is. There was this churn at the beginning of the format, and I think we have a consensus best deck now, right? I mean, Gruel looks like the runaway best deck. Yeah, I, I agree completely. Um, I do think we are kind of not necessarily stagnating, but we're reaching our kind of decisive metagame of we have number two or number one, a clear number one, and we have a, a nice little two through four lining up right and we yep. have not necessarily that churn that you talked about where we have a, a big move week to week we have like these minor moves of how these decks kind of move against each other now mm -hmm. and that's very much where we're heading i think yeah and I, I mean i agree with you i i think gruel is just the best second standard and it doesn't seem like there are enough moves to make or that people are willing to make the moves yet to really knock it off. Like I said, I think the deck is beatable, but it is playing. It's playing a bunch of mythics from uh, Throne of Eldraine, which right away, that's how you know, like this deck's going to be tough. Um, and those are, you know, the more we've played, those are some of the best cards left. It's like, you know, in the format right now, Kraxa is good enough to be archetype defining. And I guess like into the story and Soaring Thought Thief paired together are like good enough to be archetype defining. And then basically like Great Hand Jembercleave. I mean, that's just those are like the only cards that seem to be left that are, you know, powerful enough to carry their own archetypes, sort of the way that all these banned cards did it. I don't think any of them are close to bannable, but you know what I mean by the like archetype defining cards. So Gruel's there. I still think you can beat it, man. I, I've played against it. I was beating it. The white cards with a plan do beat it. They definitely do. I mean, that's what I'm finding. Um, it's not that... It's never going to be 100% because the, like a lot of the ways you would attack Gruel involves sorcery speed stuff, and that's a, hate, a deck full of haste creatures, which is tough. Like You're going to get to a spot where you know... They are just going to be able to play a questing beast or follow up with a brushfire elemental and, you know, a fetch land and then hit, you know, hit you for five or whatever. So um, as much as like you want to be able to metagame against Gruul, it's still going to have game. But 
give it like, you know, understanding that you can still put a positive win rates against the deck. It's not that hard. Yeah, it's not like we're trying to beat Cobblade, right? That is yeah. just like efficient interaction, great card advantage, busted on power level two drop that you can't keep up with. It's Questing Beast, Ember Cleave, Brushfire Elemental, right? It's yep. haste creatures and beefy creatures with some card advantage mixed in through the adventure mechanic and Great Henge. So it's it's not like it's not an over it's not an unassailable thing, right? We we can fill our deck with removal spells and some card advantage of our own. If we had more efficient instant speed removal in standard, I think a control deck could do it. And maybe there's a instead of blue white Yorion, maybe there's a blue black deck, a Demir Yorion deck. I think you're I guess you probably run into issues having enough things to blink with Yorion in that case. So maybe you actually just want to be Demir Control. But I definitely think there could be something there with the improved instant speed removal and still a control shell. I I mean, I think that there's a large chance you're right. I will say the problem with going into blue-black is that your Rakdos matchup becomes awful. And there's not there's nothing you can do about it. Rakdos. Rakdos is in this like weird, greedy spot where they're playing like 18 escape creatures and they have, you know, 75 more in the board. So it's like you play like you play these blue black decks and you're like, I like I'm going to be able to stall them for a little while, but I just don't have the card advantage I need and I don't have a clock. And at some point, at some point, they're going to start Oxima going to sing into more oxes and that's going to be it for me. Um. And I, I don't know. I was trying to come up with ways to beat that in my mind. And the only thing I could really come up with, there is actually an essence scatter in the format that exiles and it also hits enchantments, but it costs three, which is probably makes it not good enough, but I haven't played with it. So I'm not sure. I would not be surprised if just having a counter spell that exiled was enough, like to help rogues in that matchup, because that like it's, the Rose deck is good against everything except red black, and it's so bad against red black. It's, it's so frustrating. Um, yeah, um, yeah. I think that that's an interesting thing. I think three mana is a lot for a counterspell these days. Yeah, it's even, a lot. Even neutralized that has just cycling for two is pretty hard to register in a deck these days. Yeah, although you still do it willingly, just smashing your head against the wall. I mean, that one. That one's actually good. I'll take that one. It counters <laughs> anything, though. Like the the fact that that one like hits the Ember Cleave when you needed to, or counters you know the Yorion, or counters the end of the story. Like that makes it not great, but good enough. You know what I mean? This one, you're like you're sitting here with this three minute essence scan in your hand, your opponent plays an end of the story. You're gonna be sad. You're gonna you're gonna lose. <laughs> I mean, that's what's gonna happen. Yeah, that's when you pack your toys up and go home. Correct. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't be shocked if there was a like an Esper way to build this deck. I do think you need um, I do think you need cheap removal because I, I'll, I'll tell you just from playing blue white. Holy cow is glass casket. Not OK. That, that card is just too bad. It's so bad. You like you have to play it. But oh, my God, is it bad? Dude, I told you about this last week. I mean, you did. But like, 
like I would have played anything else. Anything there just is not another thing. Like you, there's literally no other white two mana removal spell in the format. Like you I can don't play, have like, um, Gideon's Reprisal or whatever right now. No, there's nothing. There's like there's a deal four to an attacking creature or blocking creature. I think. I, I guess that's the exact card I'm talking about. It's not good enough. It doesn't kill Lovestruck Beast. It doesn't yeah. kill Croxa. That's true. It doesn't kill either of those. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I mean, whenever we talk about three colors in this format, I my eyes immediately glaze over because if you don't have a Triumph, I don't even think it's worth an attempt at the mana. But in this case, maybe it's worth maybe trying to splash black for just Heartless Act. Well, so... What what would actually happen here is that this deck would splash red for like scorching dragonfire or something, um, because then you would have the triumph. If you if all you want is cheap removal, you can kind of go black or red. I I do think the black ones are better, but you could go red. Well, I specifically want cheap removal that kills questing beast. I want a two mana removal spell that kills <laughs> questing beast at instant speed. Uh, I mean, that, I think you have, you have to be black for that, right? Yeah, although I will say it, you can play my giant killers. My giant killers get that guy pretty nicely. That's true. That's three mana, though. It is three mana, but giant killer was good enough. I was impressed by that one. The point here is that we probably shouldn't be playing control decks, if I'm honest. And what we should be talking about is where we want to go in standard now that we have. Okay, so we have this tier list. Let's give you the tier list of standard. There's Gruel as of right now. And then there are three decks. Like, I want to say. Tier 1.5, but really it's just tier 2, and it, it, they're not far apart, but Gruul has just raised itself high enough above them that it is in its own separate category, I think. But right below, we have Rakdos, Rogues, and Yorion decks. I'm still leaving Yorion decks in there. Um, I think they're good. I think, I think people would argue with that. But when you group the whole set of them... Um, I think you can make a case Yorion's in tier two because I, I do think green white Yorion still continues to be pretty good. I've seen the Doom for Told Yorion decks, the Abzan ones be okay. Um, and if Yorion ever made it to tier one, it would go straight back down to tier three again because they start it cannibalizes itself really bad. But right now, when it's like slept on, I think it's actually in that same tier with Rakdos and Rogues. That's where we're at. So Gruel's the best deck, Harlan. What do you want to play in this format right now? Same thing I've always wanted to play in this format. Rogues. Okay. Um, I have been happy with my sideboard Shark Typhoons and additional Luris right now. Um, my buddy Kyle actually top forward the moder- the standard challenge on Sunday with the deck. Okay. Playing three three sideboard Typhoons and two Luris into sideboard. I would ideally like to pump up those numbers a little bit. Um, spots are really tough at that point. Um, but yeah, I, I really like that plan against red black. Um, especially with some soul guide lantern, you with multiple Luris in your deck and kind of recurring them with Agadim's awakening, you can really just keep their graveyard in check with a Luris plus a lantern. Sure. I mean, that makes sense to me. That actually, I mean, that actually just seems like a very reasonable strategy. So, um, I can't say I dislike that. I actually think that that's probably a good place to go with rogues. Um, I mean, we agreed about it last time. I didn't get back to testing it. I kind of wish I had had more time to do so because I feel like that's a really good place to be. Um, 
like I said, if Rogues can finish out its, or figure out its red black matchup, it's going to be in tier one with Gruel. Uh, the Gruel matchup is close with Rogues. I do think Gruel is very slightly favored, but it's the type of thing where Rogues can easily flip that if you know good pilot or they come prepared with some extra low mages dominations or whatever. So yeah, I mean that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at with it. I, I think that's actually the case. Um, for me personally, I have started to get onto the Rakdos side. I have come across, uh, I think this is Lavunga's list. He's a Spanish pro. Uh, playing Village Rights and Rakdos. And that was kind of, when we talked about Embercleave last week, I know you hated it, but when we talked about Embercleave, the idea itself was that Rakdos has a bunch of things that don't matter in the deck, like a bunch of creatures that just don't matter at all. And I wanted to find a way to make them matter because it really does feel like the deck that you have some removal spells, you have like 20 cards that are just chaff and don't matter, and then you have Croxa, which is like absurd. Like Croxa is really good. And it's like if you can keep enabling Croxa, you're going to win. And to some extent, you have some other escape cards, but really it's just like... You just want Croxa at all times. Like if the deck can get Croxa in play, it doesn't lose. And you just get Croxa and you control the board with the kill spells you have and you attack with it and the game's over because Croxa is such a quick clock. And I, you know, I couldn't find the right way to do it, but I saw this build that has village rights, which was exactly what I was trying to do. You're trying to turn the random 2 1 Mire Triton or the random Skyclave Shade you have in play that doesn't do anything against the Gruel deck because it can't block or, you know, whatever into two more cards. But also put another card in your graveyard, which I think is really important. And the fact that there's just not good mill options in red black, you get Timurat Calls the Dead, and that's it. Um, Meyer Triton, I guess. Meyer Triton's not really good at all. It's more of like you have to play this because there just isn't a real, like a realistic card to play. The fact that Village Rights puts two cards into the graveyard and then draws you two cards is kind of exactly what you want. I actually kind of wonder if I don't know if this deck could be playing something instead of Meyer Triton, like a thrill of possibilities, which is weird, but like it, it makes me think like if the decks that weren't playing Village Rights, it's like, do we even need Meyer Triton? Like all it's doing is trying to put two cards in the graveyard anyway. Like we could just be playing, yeah, like thrill of possibilities. Like I think this deck would play Cathartic Reunion if it could, like if that card was in the format, honestly. Um go ahead. Uh so there's actually, don't we have a um, strategic planning legal that's black? No. Are, are you sure? Or did that did that just rotate? I'm pretty sure that card got printed in Theros, didn't it? It's strategic like, planning? Not actual strategic planning. It's it's one and a black sorcery. Look at the top three, pull one in your hand, two in the graveyard. And maybe you lose some life. That card was from Modern Horizons. It's called Ransack the Lab. Is it from Modern Horizons? Yes. Dude, Modern Horizons has just the cards that aren't just like the the like masthead cards of that set. Yeah. Just they just get fil I just my brain filters them into normal sets all the time. I mean that's fair. And I just think they're standard legal or pioneer legal as a result. No, that's fair. Um the best thing that Black had, there's like a like a divination. There's like a three mana draw two, lose two, mill two. But I, I I think you really want to be at two because that's like no I I agree that you want to be at two or less mana 
for sure. Yeah. I was just thinking Ransack the Lab was standard legal because it's not a modern power level card, but in a in modern horizons. Sure. It it does have there is the adventure creature that like Dredge played for a little bit, the Haggle guy, uh merchant or something. You could play that and have like a discard at one to put two cards. Well, it doesn't even put itself in the library, so it's only one. That's probably not good enough, right? No way. Yeah, that, that one's definitely not good enough. Um I do like Village Rights a lot. It hits a lot of boxes for me on just being a cheap spell, so it goes to the graveyard pretty efficiently. It brings another card with it. It gets you more resources to turn on your Croxes and finds your Croxes more often. Yep. So Village Rights to me is very, very smart. I think Village Rights is actually just better than Thrill of Possibilities anyway. No, uh, yeah, after having played it, like we went off on that little tangent there, but I think Village Rights just is the way. And it, it keeps coming up that it's just so, so good in this deck. Because one, even though you're red-black and you kind of have your choice of removal, it's not like removal's great in this format. Like, you get to play the best ones, but the removal still isn't great. There's, there's no, like, Path to Exile or Lightning Bolt. There's no, like, oh my god, thank god I get to play this. It's like, alright, Heartless Axe the best one. I'm gonna play it, but, like, eh. You know what I mean? Like, the removal is just not, like, just in modern day magic, the removal is just not as good as the threats. That's just the reality. And, like, the best removal spells are the ones that are also threats, like ECD or Skyclave Apparition, right? Um, and Bonecrusher Giant, which this one does get to play Bonecrusher Giant, and that one you're actually excited about. But the, the black removal is just whatever. But I will say, Claim the Firstborn is dumb. That card is way too strong. Especially when you pair it with, like, a, like a quick clock, like Croxa is. It has come up for me so many times now that it's just like, all right, they like attacked with like a big thing, put an ember cleave on it. I had like mostly cleared the board. I'm down to three, but now they have a love struck beast with a with a ember cleave on it, and I have like a Croxa in play. Uh, claim the first form that you're way dead. You know what I mean? And yeah, you pair that with village rights, and it's really good. And even past that. Village rights in the deck works really well with the escape creatures because one, like you can just play your Croxa, right? And like on three mana, play Croxa, like sacrifice trigger on the stack, village rights it. So like you're not even down the creature now. You still get the Croxa trigger. You still get your draw to, um, and that's actually, you know, worth it. Like a three mana play that makes them discard a card. You draw to, um, fills your, your graveyard a little bit. I think that's a strong play, but um, it also works really well in this deck to protect your your stuff from exile-based removal, which I think is really important because there is no instant speed exile removal in this format. Everything that exiles is sorcery speed, uh, with the exception, there is, I think, Eat to Extinction. I think that's the one. Yeah, it's Eat to Extinction, not Extinction Event. There's a, there's a four-mana exile spell in black, but for the most yeah, part, eat, there's... Eat to Extinction. Yeah. For the most part, every single thing that exiles that people play is at sorcery speed, and that means that none of your escape creatures can get exiled if you can just hold up a village rights. You would have to fire it off or whatever, but for the most part, like if you need to protect against this thing, you kind of can with this deck, and I think that's really, really strong. Yeah, no, I, I agree. That is a nice facet of the card, right? You you like you said, you can protect you can insulate yourself, which is a big deal because the one of the the one of the ways red black loses to these white decks a lot is you find your cruxa you put it in play it gets exiled and then you don't find another one right we've talked a lot about this decks 
built completely around Cruxy. You play a lot of honestly mediocre cards like Meyer Triton to turn on your Cruxes and enable your Cruxes so that Cruxa can carry your games. And if your Crux is gone and you don't have a replacement, you don't have anything to carry the game and you have to win the game with Meyer Tritons, which we'll talk about not very powerful black cards <laughs> that, <laughs> to carry yeah. the game with. Yeah. That one, I will say that at least, like, Meyer Triton's bad, but if you actually can, like, hit on Timurat Calls the Dead twice, it does actually become a real thing when you, like, have three tutus in play. It's still not great. Like, Gruul's doing better stuff than that a lot of the time. But it, it's a path to victory. It can get there. Um, I, okay, so I will say, too, about this deck that this one was playing Woe Strider, which we've talked about Woe Strider in the past as being one of the better escape cards. It's really fallen off since, you know, we lost the Corvald decks, I guess we'd say. But... It has still impressed me. It's still a really powerful card. Sacking the Scry is another good way to like turn these useless bodies into a way to find Cruxa, right? And you, it doesn't play a lot. Like it's not all in on Woe Strider, but it's at a good spot in the curve in this deck because the de like Cruxa is at a lot of two and four, and a lot of your stuff is two and four. Like with how much mana you're spending, having something that's three and five is pretty nice. It's also not a ton of cards to escape. Like, it's nice that it's not five because it feels like everything, like all the cards it wants to escape in this deck is a lot. It's like Ox is eight, Crocs is five. So it's nice that this one's four. And I actually think it's better than Ox in some scenarios. I do think the deck wants access to both between 75, but just being able to use Claim the Firstborn is worth it, I think, because that is actually just a really messed up card. I think that one might have been... That's in that, like, okay, this is actually from Throne of Eldraine, right? <laughs> like, maybe this one was too good. Yeah, it, it definitely is in that camp of sometimes your opponent casts it and you're like, man, what what were they thinking when they printed this card? Yep. It's just so unreal. And I I really do love it. It it fits in because you already have village rights that you already wanted to be playing. It's another one mana spell to turn on your cruxes in kind of the mid game, really, because early game, you can't just fire off a claim just to turn on your first cruxa, but it does really help bring back the second one because it's a cheap spell that lets you double spell mm -hmm. pretty easily in the mid game. And then, so now that you've decided, all right, I have village rights. I do want to be playing claim the firstborn. Woe Strider is a natural inclusion to pair with your Claim the Firstborns, and then it has Escape, and like you talked about, it is a lower number, so it actually fits in in spots easier than things like Ox does. And the the zero one goat that it makes actually is pretty well poised right now because Gruel, right? It gives you that free block on a lot of the on any non Embercleave turn, right? You well, just get to throw a zero one in front of a love struck beast and sacrifice it. Yeah, it's good against love struck beast. Not very good against brushfire elemental or questing beast, as it turns out. Yes, it's not good against those. It's very good against both the adventure creatures, though. It is. I agree. Yep. Um, and I, I think Woe Strider itself is pretty good against the the other creatures. So. Yeah. No, I I agree. Woe Strider is actually like a lot better than it looks because it comes back as a five four. It can trade with almost everything in Gruel. Um, so I, I have been impressed by that. 
Um, and also just scrying, scrying in this deck is so valuable. Like you underestimate, like, I don't know, scrying is not looked upon as like a powerful effect when you're not like scrying to a combo, you know what I mean? Like, it's not like Viserys here, find the two cards I need, kill you. But in this deck, it's like, it's so often you either need an escape creature or a mill piece. Like you always need one of them because you're always heavy on one and light on the other with this deck. And just being able to find the one you need is just super, super valuable. And even if you had both of them, then that means you probably need removal. So being able to find removal is good. And the fact that it's instant speed scry matters too, because there's just a lot of rote, like people milling you and you milling yourself in this deck. So like, I think temples are really bad in this deck. Like I, every deck I've seen has played four temples and I have zero temples and I'm playing force of I Triumph just because Sometimes this is a land that goes to the graveyard, which matters for escape. And the temples never do anything because you're milling yourself or your opponent's milling you, and they just don't do anything. So pretty low on temples still. Um, all right, so we talked about Rakdos uh, and how it can kind of you know play against stuff in the metagame, uh, how we think we should build it. I will say something I've run into a few times now, and... I think is almost an unsolvable problem for the deck is how good Clothis is out of Gruel against you. That card is a nightmare. You physically can't get it off the table. There is no card in your color combination that gets Clothis off the table. You literally can't. Hey. There is Claim the Firstborn once they turn it on. There is Claim the Firstborn once they turn it on. There's there's also Extinction Event. I actually... Uh, once they turn it on. Yeah, I, I was watching uh, Mason Clark play a game with Gruel against the deck. And he's like, dude, my Clothus is on. I can't possibly lose. And then his opponent cast Extinction Event, and he lost the Clothus and the rest of his board, and the game was not close in the other direction. Fair enough. Um, so, I mean, that that is a potential avenue. I don't think that's stellar, but like you're saying, you, you start getting desperate when it comes down to this card, right? So, I, I literally did a, a search to find anything that answers. Literally any card in the red-black color combination that can answer this card. There's exactly Fariko's Libation. That's it. And that's not a good card. You like don't you really don't want to play it. And that's I mean that's bad. That's not a good place to be. Yeah, I've uh I have actually registered that card in a red black Croxa deck before. Okay. In standard. Yeah, I uh we used to play one in the sideboard just for teamer reclamation. Sure. It's kind of a similar problem. There yeah, was a just... busted enchantment you can't possibly beat. Yeah, and I wouldn't even say Clothis is busted. It's just really good against you because it just keeps eating your graveyard every turn. It's just, yeah, I don't know. It's not good. And I, if people are coming with Clothies and Gruel when Gruel's the best deck, I don't think I'd want to play Red Black. That, that's my one issue with it. It's like, like these other decks, you can find a way to get around something, but it, it feels like a lot of these decks in Tier 2 just run into this, like, okay, this is an actual problem situation and for Rakdos I think it's Clothis for Rogues I think it's just the red black deck like I don't I still don't think there's like a, a great way to be good against that deck and for Yorian it's if Yorian ever gets good it's bad because there's Yorian mirrors and then it becomes bad against everything else so well there's also the inherent problem of it's a blue white deck but well so here's the like, I mean, it is a blue-white deck, but also, I don't think Yorion has to be blue-white. Like, I, I actually think right now the better version, like, as much as I like the blue-white, I think you could play green-white, I think you could play Abzan, and I think those are better positioned in a world of Gruul. 
because I think Wicked Wolf is actually a pretty good card in the format at the moment. So, um, I, you know, I, I think I, I, I think if I was going to like start preparing for this week, I might start looking into some Wicked Wolf action, see where that gets me. I don't know. I'm not I'm not sold on it. I played him before and didn't like him that much. So maybe that's wrong. But um, I do think Wicked Wolf is good right now. No, actually, I, I agree. My it's it's still hard for me. The format has still moved so much, even though we've talked about it's kind of starting to get to that that end stage of the the metagame. It still has moved so quickly recently that I'm forgetting that the the green Yorion decks are just good again because the blue Yorion decks are bad again. Yep. And not preying on them anymore. And we've gone back to basically an all creatures metagame. So Wick, Wicked Wolf, for instance, is just a, a fantastic card again, where a week and a half ago, it was pretty horrible all of a sudden because everyone was playing ECD and Skyclave Apparition. Yep. I mean, you're right. that, And if those things could come back too and start punishing again. I mean, that is all, all the case. Um, another deck that has been slept on, but that I saw, uh, you know, I, I've seen some like pretty good players pick, starting to pick up is Green White Adventures. And we've talked about this a few times. We keep mentioning it and it keeps seeing no play. But I I think this is one to watch people because it's coming from under the radar here. But I've seen a lot of big names playing it on ladder. Um, and it's been very successful for them. I like uh, New Matanomi again. Like we talked about, he's a deck going into the event or into the MPL split, and then he was like one of the best finishers in the MPL split. And you know, again, the next weekend, I saw a few people uh get their seven wins with it, get that money, and I still think the deck is good. I, I definitely think it's better than Green Black. I think Green Black is still bad, and Green White Adventures uh it gives you the giant killer and like an actually good home for giant killers. So I think your gruel matchup's good. You get to play the white cards for Rakdos, so that matchup's good. Um, you get to have cheap stuff and big creatures to help beat rogues. I think your rogues matchup's going to be close to somewhat bad, but it's not, like, completely terrible where you just, like, can't win. I think there's stuff you can do there. And you're going to have a hard time against other Yorian decks. I think that's just the case. But if, if Yorian's bad and people are down on it, this deck is going to be really good. Yeah, I'm... I am... Coming around to this deck, it being bad against rogues kind of just makes me averse to it just because I've been playing a lot of the other side. Mm -hmm. um, it is nice that you're a deck that theoretically can even main deck Giant Killer, right? You, you, like you, you can just do that if, if Gruul is that popular and it's still just a good card in your deck because you are an innkeeper deck, right? Mm -hmm. um, which is a big plus to me. Um, yeah, I, I I like this deck. Maybe I'll actually mess around with it moving forward. I um, actually this is the best giant killer deck by far because like you said, like my my deck had giant killers, but it had in the sideboard and they were basically only for gruel, although I did bring them in against red black. But um you in this deck, like you said, you just play innkeeper into giant killer and draw your card and you're happy with that. And if you need it later, you can shepherd of the flock back your giant killer and then kill their their big thing which is just exactly the place to be. Also, 
Shepherd of the Flock with Skyclave Apparitions, sweet. You can exile the thing and then not give them a token back by bouncing it in response to the exile trigger. Or I guess they get a zero zero, but you, you know what I mean. And then even past that, uh, this is a pretty sweet Amirius Call deck because you can play your Amirius Call early. Then when you start drawing your cards and like have a henge going and all of that, then you can Shepherd of the Flock is just return any permanent. So you can return Amirius Call to your hand and then put two four fours in play. And because this is a great henge deck, you actually get the spots where that's like very reasonable. Like, you know, you start flooding, drawing a bunch of cards with Henge and Innkeeper. And now all of a sudden, well, okay, I'd rather just, you know, return this land and get two four four angels and give the rest of my board indestructible for a turn. That's pretty crazy. I had no idea you could do that with Shepard. Yeah, I, I, I'm telling you, I think Shepard of the Flock is way underplayed. That card is way better than it looks. Of course it is. It's from Eldraine. But that's true. That is true. Um, and like having watched this Green White Adventures deck, I still can't help but wonder if there is a way to put another color in it that would help. You can actually build Naya mana bases without a Triome because they got all three pathways. So you could be like Naya Adventures if you wanted to, if, bone, if the Bone Crusher Splash was worth it to you. Um, and you do get a Triome in Abzan, so if you like wanted to play Murderous Rider, you could do this. I don't know that the black adventure creatures are good enough, but like you could, it, like theoretically you could do this. I don't, I really don't know if it's giving you enough things, but like, I feel like this is a really underexplored pathway to go, right? Like, I don't, I don't, I haven't seen anybody, like we have green, black adventures, and we have green, white adventures. You could theoretically combine those decks. I don't know if it helps you that much, but you could do it. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's worth looking into. I don't know. Speaking of unexplored pathways, we don't have the green-black pathway still, right? Yeah. So trying to add Murderous Rider, which is the best black adventure creature, to uh, like building a mana base trying to cast that card in a base green-white deck seems unreasonable to me. It's probably unreasonable. But I, I could... I could buy that you would want like Fowlmire Knight or Order of Midnight. Those probably aren't good enough. Yeah, don't play Abzan. I just yeah, never mind. We're off this. Let's not do that. I just keep coming back to why are we playing Green Black in the first place? Is it just Murderous Rider? Like we could just be playing Skyclave Apparition and ECD. Those are fine. I honestly have no idea why people keep trying to play Green Black. All right, so we are in agreement. Yeah. Um. So for me, I'm gonna keep working on this Rakdos deck. I I don't know why I love Village Rights, man. I'm starting to put it in a lot of decks. I guess it's just me drawing I, cards. I like that. Yeah, I, I can tell you exactly why. It says draw two <laughs> cards on it. It doesn't matter the cost. You sure. already tried to pay like four mana at, at instant speed with no upside to draw two cards. I'm in for that card. I'm in for that card. Exactly. That's a nice card. Yeah. Um, so I'm going I'm to probably go there. Uh, I, I do want to look more into your rogues with like sideboard Luris and... Soul Guide Lantern plans to like be actually good against Rakdos. I still don't buy that you're good against Rakdos, but I want to experiment more with it. I'm telling you, that's where it's at. Born I mean, in extra cats. If if like I don't buy that anything works because I think this match was just inherently flawed for you. But if anything was going to work, this seems like the most promising to me. I'll say that much. Um. All right. So let's let's talk modern for a second, Harlan. I. This has been heavy on my mind for a while and we haven't talked about it and I need we need to talk about it. So we sat down before the cast and we're like, well, let's talk about modern. And it's like, well, 
format is changing, but we're really, it's really just the same decks. It's like there's Amulet Titan decks, or not Amulet Titan, Primeval Titan decks with like two different versions. There's like Elvish Reclaimer versions and Amulet Titan versions now, right? Flagstones versions, whatever. There's Omnath Uro decks, or just Uro decks, but there's broken, mythic, gain life creature decks, essentially. And then there's aggro decks that are almost essentially Luris decks, exactly, or Death Shadow. It's just Death Shadow and Swift Spear decks. That, and that's everything. It's like the whole format. You can make a case that there's some random Aether Vial creature decks outside of those, but like the whole format can basically be signed or summed up with like Uro Omnath, Primeval Titan, Swift Spear, Death Shadow. And, and that's it. There's like nothing else happening, which is kind of frustrating. I mean, they're. You you do see some some random stuff kind of like mill popped up for a hot second. Uh we saw um I don't know, oops all spells for a second, neoform for a second. Like there's just you know, some decks that have like a week, but then they're just bad against these three archetypes because these three archetypes are better than everything. And it's frustrating because modern used to be the most diverse format. It used to be the format where you could play whatever you want and it feels like we've banned kind of all the good stuff, and I don't even know if there's anything that, like, I can't even think of a card that banning would help that much. I guess maybe Uro, but there's not something I, I want banned. I just think the format's not that interesting right now. Well, I gotta, I gotta say we definitely haven't banned all the good stuff, right? Because no. we still have just good stuff decks. But I, I do agree with you. I think, actually, if I had to pick one card to ban to shake up the metagame and actually... I think would cause the most likely kind of overhaul and shift large shift of everything would actually be force of negation. Really? Yeah. So you and I both would be opposed to it because it would make the blue decks worse, but what it would do is reintroduce combo decks into the format, right? Storm could exist again, um, which could actually prey on these Titan decks. Right. And you, you have basically the, the control decks can be built to beat the, they're actually built more to beat the spell decks inherently just because of force of negation. But then they're, they're mostly like historically we always had control decks that were built to prey on creature decks. Right. And then you would sideboard to be pretty okay against the, the trons and the combos of the world, but you largely were a path bolt deck back in the day. And that's where your bread and butter matchups were, right. Was you wanted to play against burn or creature decks, right? Yep. And now you still want to play against those creature decks, but you're not afraid of playing against Storm or Tron anymore because of Force Indigation. And I think that's kind of where the issue lies. And you're still afraid of playing against Primeval Titan because Force Indigation doesn't hit Titan, but you have Ether Gust to solve that problem for the most part now, right? But if you get rid of Force Indigation, that brings back tron and combo and we might actually have a wheel that turns right of a metagame instead of just three decks sitting on top of everything okay so i hear what you're saying and i don't like it uh mostly because this is a shot at me and my love of force navigation but i will also say i played modern for so long where it felt like we needed this because there was just so much degenerate stuff like force navigation felt to me, like when it was printed, I was like, oh, this is the card that you wanted against Faithless Looting decks. Because, like, actually, Force Negationing their first, like, enabler was would give you a chance. And it was, 
you know, probably still, you probably still would have lost, but at least it gave you a shot. You know what I mean? Um, I still think like, if you're going to consider banning force negation, that's still a fair card in my mind. And the card that I, you know, like I, I love playing with, but like, I would understand if it was banned is still mystic sanctuary. And a lot of like, it solves a lot of your issue here is like the first force negation is good against those decks, but it doesn't end the game a lot of times. Some decks it does. Like against oops, sometimes it will. But it doesn't necessarily end the game. Uh it's the the second and the third and the fourth that just like, okay, you're you, none of your spells resolved. You got nothing. And I think a decent portion of that is just Uro plus Mystic Sanctuary, because you can actually just force negation every turn with that setup. Whereas like, you know, if Uro or Mystic Sanctuary wasn't there, you wouldn't be able to do that as well. So I don't know. But let's Let's not talk about bans right now, because even if that was like a good ban, which, you know, I think you can make a case for it. I still don't think anything is ban worthy in current modern. I don't think it's anything is too far better than the rest of the format. I think the top is, well, maybe Primeval Titan. That card is still ridiculous, but um, I don't really want to see a ban. I think it's just part of the format now. What I want to see is another pillar of the format come back. And I want one that was unjustly banned and died for another card's sins. Harlan. Can we bring back Mox Opal? Probably. You think um, it's fine? Yeah, it, it'd probably be okay. Like, I think Affinity is a good deck to have around. I don't even think Affinity was really the good Mox Opal creature deck anymore. Um, when it did get banned, I think that was uh, Scales. And I think Scales would be a creature deck that would be pretty good against these omnath Uro decks i could be a little bit off on that i'm definitely not a scales expert but removal light control decks were kind of whenever i was playing those decks scales felt like a nightmare for me because scales was good at presenting threats that weren't just creatures and then making their creatures into threats multiple times or threatening to do so yep and kind of um picking you apart at the seams with like little chip shots and kind of what infect does where they they like slowly whittle you away and then like burst you at the end yeah right scales did that but more su sustainably because it was with permanence instead of instants and sorceries yeah and well the other thing about like scales is that it's surprisingly resilient whereas like affinity i mean yeah there are there are hate cards you can play that are going to destroy all these decks like you know stony silence is probably bad no matter what um but scales could play like affinity affinity could be stony silence it just mostly didn't scales actually can beat it uh it's not great for them but they can beat it they have you know reasonable game plans where like they just make two giant creatures in response and um like their enchantments that they play like for instance ozolith and hardened scales both work through it so even if you aren't using ravager to sack you can still have your ravager die you know come as a two power creature die put three counters on something build big boards it's not great it's not you don't you don't want to see these but you you know you have nature's claims you have ways to beat it um but you're right like it's it's just the type of deck that this format needs it needs an aggro deck 
that can win through a ton of life gain because you put Omnath and Uro in this format. And it's just like, if you're not killing them before those things get online, which is the only deck that can do that is Swiss Spear decks. No other deck in the format can realistically do that. Um, if you aren't doing that, you don't win. Like you just, it's just too much life. These decks just struggle with them. And I, I don't know, like we played that time walk deck and that time walk deck was cool. It was really powerful. It shouldn't be good. It should be really easy to prey on it with aggro decks. But because I just gain infinite life with Omneth and Uro, like they just, none of them work except Switch Spear decks. And Mox Opal aggro decks could get under these, especially given the fact that you have access to Inkmoth Nexus. They can just, what's your life total? It doesn't matter. Ten in fact, you're dead. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Plus one, plus one counters and plating on an, inf- on a, an Inkmoth Nexus is a realistic plan against these Uro Omneth decks. They also aren't good at blocking a flyer. Yeah. Right? They, they're skimping on removal because life gain has been their anti-creature strategy, right? Yep. They have Path to Exile for the TBR creature, and then they have life gain for the rest and a giant body, right? Yep. So introducing a, another deck to the metagame that creates multiple creatures that can be threats and can beat you, while, kill you while you're at 50 life is a real threat to that, right? And the fear here is that when you unban Mox Opal, Urza comes back in force. And I have to say the concerns are valid. I don't think that that is the case of what would happen. I think that without Astrolabe, the Urza decks, as they were, just won't function as well as they did. And I think they'll be easier to fight, right? The construct isn't going to be as big on average. or when the construct is big, they're going to be lower on other resources, right? They don't get the free sizing from the astrolabes. They don't get the mana fixing, so they probably have to play less colors, even though they get opal back, right? Well, th- th- this is the yeah, no, you're right. And to be clear, when I said that opal died for another card sin, it was astrolabe. Astrolabe was a heinous magic card. You talk about it in Legacy. It's it's just a really dumb magic card. It shouldn't have been printed, and. It was one of the reasons Urza was so broken because it was like a land war elf that drew a card in that deck. But even more than that, it turned on Opal. So it was like, it really was a land war elf that drew a card, right? Like that's how it played. And it fixed your colors too if you needed it. It was really absurd. It was like, it was, even, it was like a Birds of Paradise that drew a card that they couldn't kill even. Um, which is just, it was just too good, right? And here's the thing, like when, when people ban decks in Modern, Nobody, I really don't feel like people want the deck wholly gone, although there are some decks I can think of, like Hogak could just go off to the sunset and never come back for all I cared about. But there was people that wanted to play that deck, and I can't say that like the people who wanted to play that deck are wrong, or that their feelings are invalid, because like if you want to play a deck, I feel like you should be able to, you should just have to play it at a reasonable power level, and this has now happened to Urza. Like, there aren't Urza decks. Do you, I have not seen an Urza cast in Modern, since the asteroid banning, Z- literally zero copies. And it's like, okay, if Opal came back, Urza would probably be good again. It would probably be a deck people played, but it's not going to be too good because the card that was too good was Astrolabe, I think. Although Opal probably is too good, if we're being honest. But banning both of them made it so the artifact decks just didn't exist. And it's like, if we're, we have to choose between one or the other, like, give me Opal back because 
it used to be that Opal was just head and shoulders better than everything. Now, after 2020, it's like, I don't I don't know if that's the case anymore, right? Like, I get to play my Uros and my Force Negations. You should have your Mox Opal. I think that's fine. Yeah, I, I, I do think Opal is still head and shoulders better than almost everything, but the artifact decks don't have that pillar to build around anymore, yep. right? They have Ravager, but Ravager doesn't have the support without Opal, right? Like, Uro gets Force of Negation and any other piece of cardboard ever printed because it's Uro. But, like, the, the Swift Spear decks have Soul Scar Mage to be redundant. There's now two Death Shadows, right? There's Lurus as a backup plan. There's so many things going on. Pr- Primeval Titan gets a new card every set, almost. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> and we, we can't, like, let Ravager be a thing anymore. And I, I agree that, like, don't get me wrong, Urza is a risk here, right? And it would be horrible if you have you unban Mox Opal, they shoot up in price, and then you have to ban them again, which is realistically why this is probably not going to happen anytime soon, or maybe at all. Well, so, all right, you're, you're right about that, but let me propose a solution to that, because I've already thought this through, right? If Opal came back and shot up in price, and it would only shoot, it would shoot up in price because of the initial unban, but then it would only continue up in price if it was actually good. And the reason Urza decks would be good are not, well, it is because of Opal, but it's not because of Urza or Opal necessarily. It's because of the card Emery. Emery was heinous. The card is a really stupid card to have printed. And uh, Shocker, it's from Throne of the Eldraine, a rare from that set. Everything in that set was broken. They printed Affinity on a card draw engine. Like, why? And uh, it was like, honestly, I think Astrolabe and Opal would have stayed around were it not for that card. That card was just so truly heinous with Bobble and just like the fast starts and enabled and like the ability to dig and look for more Opals. If we just banned Emery, like I'm not even, honestly, I wouldn't even be scared of the Urza decks. Like they, they can do stuff, whatever. Like they, they're just fine. But Emery was the truly heinous card, right? Yeah, Emery, I think, is what enabled the most broken opal starts right you go it it was also astrolabe but you you go like astrolabe bobble opal emery is your turn one and you now have resolved a turn one dark confidant effectively while being ahead on mana from turn one yeah because of the opal which is and you you've also milled yourself so any synergies with that like now with Uro is an issue, right? Um, I do agree that Emery is unreasonable with Opal. I don't... I mean, I would be will Personally, I would be willing to exchange them, right? Just switch them on the ban list, right? Well, that's, that's where I'm at. Emery's not seeing any play either right now. Yeah, right? That, that's, that's the scenario here is like, okay, it does look weird that like you bring Opal off and put Emery on the ban list in its place, but like this one looks cleaner and it looks more right, but the reality of the situation is that artifact decks don't exist. I haven't played against an artifact in modern that isn't exactly Aether Vial or Amulet of Vigor in months. Like, they just don't exist. I guess sometimes you play against Relic Representatives. But, like, every artifact thing was banned. Even, like, the card, like, Michaelson Gladys is banned, so that, like, you won't even see artifacts from card decks. I guess sometimes I see Chalice of the Void, too. But... You know, for the most part, these artifacts just don't exist. And that just isn't the modern that people loved, man. Like, I, as much as, like, you know, as much as the artifact decks felt broken back in the day, they were worthy foes. You know what I mean? Like, they were fun decks to play against. I, I still 
I still feel like Affinity was the, one of the most interesting decks ever, like from the terms like of just how difficult it was to play, how many decisions you got on a per game basis, like how when it wasn't just head and shoulders better than everything, because there were points in modern where it was just way better than everything. When it wasn't in those spots, like playing, like figuring out how to play through hate and like making decisions that mattered three turns later. I, I just felt like that was a really interesting deck and I hate that it's gone. I really do. Yeah, I do too. Like I, I can remember times where I had three ancient grudges in my sideboard mm -hmm. and I would be considering putting the fourth in. When's the last time you saw somebody register an ancient grudge or th you even thought about putting a stony silence in your deck? Um, when was the ban update? Yeah, yeah right? I don't know. When was <laughs> that's, that? That's what you start thinking about is when, when did Moxable get banned? Because I haven't thought about either of those cards since. Yeah. I remember I saw an Ancient Grudge in somebody's sideboard a couple months ago, and I was like, wow, that, I missed that card. That card is sweet. It's actually one of my favorite cards of all time. Yeah. And I was like, why the hell are you playing it? Yeah, it doesn't make any <laughs> sense. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. I guess it is nice to kill stuff out of DMT sometimes. I, I, you know, I'd say we don't see artifacts. We do see some equipment, which is cool. I like that equipment's back too, but I don't know, man. Just can we bring back Mox Opal, please? That's that's where we're at here. Um, I will say, I will say, last point on this: there is a chance that if we brought back Mox Opal, that Lantern Control comes back. And I know that's a deck people hated, but me personally, I actually, I actually kind of want that deck back. It was. It was so strange and such a weird way to play magic that like you never you never get that experience in any other format. There's nothing like that. Oh, so during our pre-show, uh, I had brought up that I don't think Lantern can beat Force of Negation and to some extent Uro. Yeah. But do you know what's actually hilarious and it can't possibly beat? I don't think what outside of like getting hellbent with a bridge field of the dead. <laughs> you have to beat their lands. Oh, well, no, you can be Field of the Dead with Bridge. You just probably can't ever be Dryad of the Elysian Grove and Balakud, right? Just actually cold to it. I guess you could play, like, Leyline. Oh, yeah, you have to Witchbane Orb? Yeah, something like that. Whatever, this, this deck sounds bad, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't think Lantern's going to be good. It won't be good, but that's, just, like, it's just the type of thing. Opal. It sounds terrible, but it's the type of thing that's, like, I don't know. It just created interesting games, you know what I mean? Like, it, it was one of the things that made Modern so, so popular was that you got these play experiences that you don't get in any other format and you would think you'd get them in legacy, but like after playing eternal weekend, you don't legacy somehow is just all fair creatures. That's all it is. It's just literally creatures everywhere because of just how good force negation and force of will paired together are unfair decks just don't work. So like everyone just plays creatures and that's fine. I actually like the format, but like you don't get these play experiences we want from modern. So Let's get on the bring back Opal train. But all right, back to standard. We want to see the list you're laddering with. Remember to tag us on Twitter at UpToDateMTG with a list, and we're going to retweet them for you. You can also ask us questions there, and we'll answer them on the cast. Uh, and you can find either of us on Twitter at A22EN or at Harlan Fear. Uh, you can find my YouTube, YouTube content on the channel RIWMakesMagic, uh, where this week we have my arena open run i guess you'd say and then we also have connor playing some lotus field in pioneer people seem to like that and we're probably going to dig into some commander legends spoilers and some commander stuff for anybody interested in that um and i'm gonna dig into modern because i, I miss it i might start playing some dnt this week mox opal died for astrolabe sins and with that you're up to date